What's up, everybody? I'm UFC President Dana White. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Shigo Shot Evans. I am Fielder. This is Jimmy Manuel. Yo, baby, this is Burt Watson. That means it's time to roll, baby. We rolling! Yeah! All night long. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan. Welcome to this week's episode of The Wocast. Now, we are in... UFC 204 Fight Week, and it's only right that my guest this week is none other than the hot prospect. Speaking of hot, it's Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. Welcome to the Wocast, Danny. Hello, what's going on? Good to be with you. First off, I, I have to say, um, this is a pleasure. It's a long time in coming because I've watched you from afar in terms of where you've been um on the uk circuit before you got signed to the ufc and you know your rise has been meteoric i have to say but what we've been doing recently with the wocast we have been speaking to people like paul daly we've been speaking to people like jimmy manuel and we've been delving a little bit more into how can i put it what actually makes them tick and i think what makes them tick is where they've come from what was the foundation that they've laid before they've actually arrived at the present. So what I wanted to do is exactly the same with you. Let's talk about Danny Roberts' past. Let's talk about Danny Roberts' present. Let's talk about Danny Roberts' future. So first off, let's just kick this off. Now, for a lot of people who don't obviously know Danny Roberts, the person, um, your style is predominantly stand-up. So I'm taking it that you came from a predominantly um or, well, a boxing background. But even before that, what was the inspiration in a young Danny Roberts' mind when he was actually, you know, at school? When you were thinking, okay, future careers, was it the boxer? Was it the um, someone who actually specialised in combat? You know what, as as a kid growing up, um, my childhood, um, when I was in school, yeah, as you say, through sport, boxing, boxing was my background and it, it was something that and obviously inevitably got me into MMA, mixed martial arts. Um, but at the time when I was in school, I was a confused, mixed up young boy. It wasn't something that I kind of automatically would say knew that I had a career and a future in it, but I would definitely say that the sport found me. Um, and in, in essence, um, yeah, some somewhat, um, it gets or at least what what I would like to say is 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 the potential and the outlay of of what I had as a mindset was ingrained in me from young and it was it was definitely something from my childhood that I had and it's uh it's deeply rooted so just to pick up on something you just said there you said that you were a mixed up young boy was that because you didn't know where your future lay you didn't have an idea as to where you were heading in terms of direction i mean what, what do you mean by mixed up just unpack that for me um, going into into detail, uh, it's it's a little bit of a deep story. Basically, I I was I'm happy to share it. Like I say, and I, I spoke to you earlier on about this, Mike. I'm I'm happy to share it because it's something that I've dealt with now, and it's it's been a long time coming. Um, like I say, a few years ago, I well, a good few years. It was about six years ago. I actually I had a bit of a mental breakdown, and it was something from my past, from from my childhood that it kind of clicked and came back. But that same thing that it clicked and came back was also something that I knew and I took notice that it gave me a lot of drive and ambition throughout my life up until that point. Um, and like I said, I had a, I had a real rough upbringing. Um, I 
don't know my dad. I grew up single mum, family of six, um, and she, my mum was young at the time. We had a lot of ups and downs. We moved from different places um, around London at the time. Um, like I said, as, as a mixed up, confused kid, I was the oldest out of all the siblings. And we had different men coming in and out of, out of our lives at the time. So, as as I say, as as one of the oldest siblings, I, I kind of took it upon myself to kind of look after my younger brothers and sisters and stuff like that. We had a lot of problems at home. Um, and like I say, yeah, again, I am comfortable to speak about it now. And it's something that I've kind of dealt with by being able to speak about it, by, by confronting it head on and realising that it is actually something that's a gift. And it's, it's something that I use now with along with other powers to be able to give me everything that I need. Um, and yeah, we've we've as as a family unit when we were young, me, my brother, and my sister, we got we got dragged through some some hard times, some real real hard times, and and shit was hard. Um, I can't I can't express or begin to express how hard it was. Um, even just down to the the details of having different men um, coming into our lives as 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 obviously young children, it was it was a confusing thing to experience to not have that, that father role model, being the oldest sibling. I never really had anyone to look to. I was around loads of violence and crime and um things were always hard. We were we went through a stage of getting abused. Um and like I say, me being the oldest sibling I felt that I was the one that had to be in charge. The the, the child that had to take charge. Um, so I kind of took I took it upon myself to stand up on my own two feet, and to look after look after my sisters and look after my little brother, but that also came at a price. I used to fight, I used to get into trouble, um, and it wasn't something. I'm a humble kid, you know what I mean. I, I've I've always I've always I'd always like to say that I was a smart kid as well. I never directly got myself into trouble. It was something that was unavoidable. And like I say, it was just to protect the loved ones around me, and it's. It was it was a situation that I cast upon me as as a, a young child, just like so many other kids go through it still to this day. Um, but we have to face it and we have to we have to deal with the situation that we're in. And obviously, you're not you're not trained for that as a child. You get something you get thrown into into the deep end, and you either sink or swim. And at the time, like I said, I, I was I was from the age of from the age of seven growing up to the age of sixteen. I had some some crazy some crazy 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 stories I could tell you um and it was it was it was a hard life it was a hard thing to go through my little brother um we went through a real bad stage where he he actually used to get like i say um used to get beaten stuff like that um my sister she got sexually abused. We had, we had some we had some crazy some crazy past stories and some things that we kind of locked up in our subconscious so our, our minds would just lock it away. But again, it, I was that kid that was filled with anger and hatred, and I didn't know how to release it. All I knew that I had a family there that I loved and that I wanted to protect, so I, I would do that at any means at any cost. And I found myself getting wound up in trouble left, right, and centre, getting arrested as as a young kid, but not necessarily knowing the consequences or what I was getting myself involved in. Um, and like I say, I was just I was just looking out for my family. That that was all I was doing. So I, I take it that you obviously alluding to your role was the protector. You basically were in charge of safeguarding the rest of your family. Now you touched on something there, which is ever so slightly deep. That you had anger within you. 
is was that what led you to mixed martial arts or what led you to martial arts in order to channel that that anger to have an outlet yeah i definitely say it, again it was with the sport boxing i got into boxing at a late age 15 i was at the time um and it was actually it was actually put across to me from from an anger management counselor um and at the time like i say i was getting caught up on the streets um the old bits of violence and criminal damage and stuff like that and then i find that i did have an anger issue um I had to get help about it and obviously to be able to continue my journey, what I was doing in school and things like that because academically I was one of the smarter children and at the same time I didn't want to get my work done but I just found myself, my temper was just something I couldn't handle. It was it was unrelenting in some respects and again as growing up as a kid it was something that I felt a lot of maturity had to take, sort of take control of it rather than just sort of trying to deal with it and it was something that I found really hard as as a young kid trying to do. Um, which then again, it just led me to one thing onto another. Um, like I say, the counselling, the anger management I had at the time when I was when I was uh, 15, um, I got pushed into boxing, and I actually went just to got told it'd be a good way to release that aggression, a good way to channel that aggression, a good way to focus that aggression, and I went, tried it once, I enjoyed it, but it still didn't stop me from doing the things that I was doing and getting caught up with outside the gym. So. You obviously, like you say, you developed that passion for, for boxing. Now, I've spoken to so many um, specialists in terms of uh, their KO ability. And it's kind of like, seems to be a recurring thing that boxing is something that they wanted to stick with. But whether it's because of age, whether it's because of um, something else which dragged them away from um boxing what was it that actually led to you thinking you know what i want to try something different here because you've already said look it was therapeutic it was a channel it was an outlet for you but what made you kind of change direction i got to a point in my life where i um i come up with a, a serious situation where i was kind of like i had an automaton where i was i could either go down either path and, and i i, I kind of told myself that so I had to do it for myself and my family, do you know what I mean? I I, I respected and I love my mum. She was the only kind of figure that I had there at the time and I wanted to look after her and stuff. So I kind of knew that I had to change my ways. As I said, as I said, I was a smart kid. I wasn't I wasn't stupid. I just I was just very aggressive and I didn't know how to control that aggression. I was just unruly with the things that I had deep down inside me. I just needed to tame what I had. Um, and like I say, I, I kind of... Um, one of my old boxing coaches, um, Chris Winters from, from Dying South, um, I, I kind of ended up getting a real good connection with him. And he was he was one of them kind of like street kids himself. And he got me into the gym. I never had no money. He used to come and pick me up from my house as a kid. And he used to hear about me having, having trouble from the next estate because there was kids from his estate that I'll be beating up on a daily basis or having, having run-ins with and stuff like that. And... Uh, yeah, he used to come and collect me and go, right, Danny, we're going to the gym today. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to get better. We're going to get better bit by bit. We're going to do what we're going to do. And you're going to become a better person. So with with the the constructive um, reinforcement from him, um, me being smart and switched on and, and, and just taking my time and doing what I was doing, I managed to, to stick it. And bit by bit, it kind of, I exchanged one hand for the other. The violence and the crime started going down. 
the boxing start going up. <clears throat> um, I started to win more and more fights. I got 10 and 0 amateur. Started to realize that I kind of had a future in the boxing, and that I also had it in a power. But as long as I knew how to control it and tame what I had, the right time I, I had, I had something that was pretty special. Um, and I really noticed that, and it's something that I still to this day um, hold close to me. Have you ever thought of like going into schools and like talking about your journey? Because I, I can see like somebody who might be going through a similar path or similar journey to yourself for that be being really quite an inspiration to them. I mean, had had you ever thought that you know this is something that you could actually do in addition to what you're doing right now? Definitely, I've thought about it, and it's crossed my mind. Um, I've actually got one of my friends at the moment. I'm currently based, obviously, up in the northwest. So I'm from America, and obviously, like I say, I'm I'm, I'm adopted guy. So I've got one of my friends, Paul, who's a teacher. I'll be going in after this fight. How you've just said that, actually, I'll be going in after this fight and having to speak with a few kids. But without a shadow of that, it's definitely something that I think about. Um, one to one, I've already done it. I've spoke to some kids that that have been dynamites or in this, this day and age, a lot of people, they, if you've got nothing going on for yourself self or you're already sort of underachieving, a lot of people write you off in this world and it's, it's not fair. Everyone deserves a second chance and everyone should be given a chance to be able to prove themselves. Um, but without a shadow of a doubt, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. It would either be something that I would do alongside what I'm doing now at the moment with the sport or once I'm retired, I, I would love to go into to speaking, motivational speaking and to be able to reconstruct some of this good energy and pass it across you're clearly gifted in articulating what you've gone through and you're showing and proving based on what you've gone through that you can actually overcome what is you know to a certain extent a, a massive adversity and actually turn it around and do something quite positive so it will be fantastic to hear that you actually you know you've gone to that level where you're actually well, going into schools and actually speaking to people because your story, obviously this is the first time I'm hearing it, is truly inspirational. But, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of like intrigued about, you said that you were 10 and 0 as a boxer. What was the, what what was the, was it a certain moment where you thought, you know what, I want to try something different? Where was the transition into mixed martial arts? Transition into mixed martial arts, now... That was something that came at a little bit of a later stage and again, I was well and truly fully cemented within my boxing career. I, I had been boxing by that time for like eight years. Um, I had turned pro, I had 37 amateur fights, turned pro, I had seven pro fights, won six. Um, and then I had a little bit of an up and down, basically just with with life. I, I, I moved city, I, I needed to kind of, um, renew everything that was going on and with with my mind I needed to get a clear visual a visual view on my future and the city where I actually I was actually based um I moved from London to Bristol for a couple of years and we were, we were still young at the time but we still had a few daunting and haunting moments that were just around us and especially for, like I say for my sister my brother um me even we've we've gone through a lot together um, and it was something that I, I knew that I needed to do. I needed to move away, and it kind of moving away gave me that opportunity. I, I I moved up to the northwest, and I seen the second light, and MMA was within that city. 
the gym that I was boxing in, MMA was within that gym. So it was kind of like I just, like I say, one day I tried it and I realized there was a bit more to me rather than just throwing hands. Um, and I was a bit more of a complete athlete. I was a bit more dynamic. I had different levels to what I could do. And again, using that that mindset and just wanting to learn and putting putting that physical and, and mental aspect together and realizing that it was just one big game of chess and a puzzle. And again, with my determination and heart and effort and work ethic, I could achieve something. I'm one of them people that a lot of people would say, you can't, you can't this guy out, do you know what I mean? This is one of the guys that shouldn't have made it. This is one of the guys that was meant to trip and fall. Um, just like a lot of people that I grew up with now, they're either on drugs or in prison or one or two of them dead, do you know what I mean? Um, it's, it, it, it was a lifestyle that I wasn't supposed to get away from, but it gave me a channel, gave me an avenue to escape. Um, moving up to the Northwest and realizing that mixed martial arts was the destined future for me after boxing, um, like I say, through just getting that clear visual aspect of how my future would look um, once I had changed from boxing to MMA. Um, it opened my eyes, it opened up the doors, and I realized how far it could go. At the time, the UFC was just becoming big. Um, I was on the local scene and was an up-and-coming fighter at the time. I like to do things thick and fast as well. So um, my career kick-started and it, 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 it propelled fast. Obviously, I had that, I had that, that baseline, that boxing. So again, that was obviously a discipline that I have from day one. It was something that took me and, and gave me a, a massive head start over a lot of athletes um, that were in that game, speed, agility, movement, being receptive to seeing things a little bit quicker. Um, and like I say, I just took off. Um, I had seven fights in my first year as, as an amateur uh, MMA guy. Um, and I, I kind of realized that that would be my future and I really tried to give it a shot. At the time, I was a carpenter. So I was working full time as a carpenter as well, trying to trying to do a few hours in May every night, and then going and knocking some houses together. You know, and it it was one of them. I realized that I kind of it would come to a time I had to throw up the dice, and it would be like, okay, again, that path needs to be crossed. Do I go this way or do I go that way? The decisions, the life choices that I had to make were, were always there. They were always hard, but as well, I say with a, with a bit of determination and, and uh, perseverance, I always knew I could make it work. No matter which way it would go. I'd always make it work because I would make it work. Uh, and that was it. it. It's funny you talk about working a, a day job as a carpenter because I'd say that you're kind of like mirroring a lot of the journeys that a lot of mixed martial artists in the UK in particular have gone through. How difficult was it though, juggling two different professions? I mean, you were uh, an amateur and then a pro fighter, but you had a day job. How do you actually manage to fit in the training that you'd obviously need to actually, well, make a go of it? And what was it that actually made you say, okay, we're at a crossroad here. I'm choosing mixed martial arts over a day job. Within the MMA world, I had a lot of attention. I had a lot of people around me that were sort of reinforcing exactly what I was doing was good. Um, and it also, it also gave me that confidence to be able to hear that from a lot of people. Um, and like I say, it was it was it was a journey. I, I kind of I moved up to the northwest by myself. I was only a young guy at the time, and one thing I kind of had initially let register in my head that this journey was done solo from the start. And from the day that I decided that I was going to look after my family, the day that I decided I was going to move away, 
the day that I decided I was going to leave boxing or take up boxing and, and then go into MMA, they were all decisions that I made solely on myself. And each step of each journey was completed by me and me only. Um, and I kind of knew that I could do it um, as long as I worked hard with it. And obviously, with with the likes of MMA um, and being up in the Northwest, being on the local scene and, and, and being able to to fight and, like I say, being around people that that cared about me most it, again it was it was it was something for me that it just filled me with good energy do you know what i mean and it gave me a sense of belonging and a purpose and for me that meant more than anything because again it, it just re, re, reinforced that i was doing something right in my life do you know what i mean I, I wasn't that kid that that was gonna was gonna fail i was gonna i was gonna prevail and i was gonna succeed at something for once and i love that feeling and it made me hungry, and I wanted more. You know what I mean? So I just kept, uh, I kept working hard and, st- and, and and taking each step as it came. And <clears throat> to this day, it's, it's, it's hasn't it hasn't faulted me, and it hasn't stepped me wrong. I know it's a, a pretty popular question, but I'm intrigued by your answer to this. A lot of people say they they learn a lot more from a loss than they do a, a win. Um, in your like formative years, like coming up um would you say that like applied to you like in terms of what you've actually gained from each and every fight you said you had a hunger for it do you think that there was things that you actually learned from your losses rather than um things that you actually uh gained from your wins yeah definitely you you can attain a lot from winning um but a loss can do a lot to you um and when i say that i mean in a sense of learning um, adjusting and to sit there and think and to understand exactly what's going on where you're probably making mistakes and and where you are doing things right as well because it doesn't necessarily if you're losing it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing things wrong some people <coughs> can think negative about it a loss is a loss and I think if you take a lot of positive positivity out of it and you try and turn it around it can also turn into an inner strength and a power now as I was growing up again there was a lot of losses in my personal life, and again, they they have all got turned around, and they all became something positive for me that then give me inner strength and power to be able to move forward and do what I wanted to do in pursuit of the dreams and goals that I wanted to attain. So, again, it just worked perfect for what I was trying to set out to do, um, and uh, it. it like I say, it was it was everything that I, I I wanted. I wanted to become something. I wanted to be better than my former self, and I wanted to be able to make something for myself and my family. Prove all the diet was wrong, and prove to myself bigger than more than anything. Because as we all know, as, as fighters and as individuals, we've got no one else to beat bar ourselves. When we look in the mirror, it's, it's it's the person that we look in the mirror that we we have to challenge every day. We have to push. We have to motivate. We have to get out and do what we need to do to survive and become something dream big do you know what I mean and work hard um and like I said a lot of a lot of that is ingrained in me from my past and it's something that I've always held close to me I like to use that to motivate me to give me drive passion and power towards what I do and still to this day it it helps me tick I think about my family um I use that to motivate me to make me work hard in the gym um and, and and to slowly step by step to get where I want were there any fights where you kind of like revisit in your head 
that made you feel, you know what, I've arrived here. I have definitely made my mark. I've basically given authenticity to the hot chocolate name. Yeah, for me, um, without a shadow of a doubt, I'll have to say my MMA fight that I had in Liverpool Echo Arena against Jimmy Wallhead, it was new school versus old school. Um, we had an old legend in Jimmy Woolhead and we had a young hungry dog in Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts going toe to toe in the Echo Arena main event. And for me, that was a major, a major statement for, for myself and for all those around me that I was serious about everything that I was doing and that it, it meant the world to me to be able to literally go in there and take it with both hands and, and run away with it. Um, it was a tough fight. It ended nice and fast in the first round. Um, we prepared for that fight in 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 the way that we we thought it was gonna go, and it actually did go that way as well. Um, and again, it it just it, it meant something to me. Every every time I get in there, and every time I come out with a win, a win to me means that I'm doing exactly the right things. I'm doing everything that I should be doing, and that I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't make that wrong choice. I I I definitely did make that right choice to go down that path at the time. Um, and even with a loss, I've had one loss in my career. That come seven fights ago, I'm on a seven fight win streak. Um, that was back in 2012, I think it was. So it's been a good few years since I had that loss, but that loss done wonderful things for me. I went, I went and sat down and I was, I got emotional about it, I was upset. Um, and again, it was like, it was like it kind of took me back to being a child again, you know, losing out on something or witnessing something horrible happen or you know what I mean I, I was I was something I was I was just a passionate kid that's that that's all I, I'm I am really passionate about everything that I do and, and in pursuit of everything that I want so I sat out for a little bit and I spent I spent a couple months being upset and being sad about it some some fighters they get upset about it there and then for an hour and then they're sweet after that with me it took a couple months um and a couple of phone calls like I say from people from different people, various people from around in the MMA world to pick me back up and tell me, Danny, listen, you're better than this. We've seen you in the gym. We know exactly the type of character you are and your persona, the way you carry yourself and, and what you're capable of. We want you back. We want you to do good things and we know you're going to do good things. And then the next thing, I, I got thrown in there with Jack Mason. And I think at the time his record was something crazy, like 20, 22 and 7 and I was 7 and 1, something like that. And... At the time, I, I thought to myself, do you know what? This is it's crazy to go for this fight. But I've got to prove something to myself now because I know I'm better than this. Everyone else is telling me that I'm better than this. So we went for that fight and we won. And since then, we've been on a, an absolute storm. And again, it's, it, it's just it's a combination of a few things that have, have made this all come together and, and be quite a special thing. And I feel like with that, and like I say, the persistence, the patience and, and, and the continuous hard work, things are really starting to come together. And, and now it's not just me noticing. The whole world is starting to notice. The whole of the UK is starting to notice. My friends and family are starting to notice. And it's becoming quite a special thing. And as well as it becoming very special, it's also something that I'm really, really starting to enjoy and soak in and just feel that this part of the journey is something to be to be to be appreciated and and to really, really like I say soak it in and 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 to remember that I'm doing I'm doing amazing things. It's hard sometimes to kind of like to remember what we're doing and to understand what's going on. But here today we're sat in Manchester, um, UFC 204 coming up the weekend. 
and we're gonna have twenty thousand screaming crazy fans in the weekend. You know, it's just it's 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 a it's a historic moment for myself. I'm gonna hold this close to my heart for the rest of my life. And again, it just it just goes to prove what hard work can do and 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 determination. And it's it's just so nice to to have the the appreciation now from the outside world to realize the mark that I'm starting to make. And I wanna I wanna continue on with this and make a legacy. Just before we segue neatly into the the present that was a nice little kind of leading there i'm intrigued when you found out that you were called up for the ufc first of all was this like a planned route as in were you trying to rack up enough wins to make a go at the ufc or did it is this something that happened organically you were called but the ufc is one of them like you kind of you need to prove your worth you need to go out there you need to work hard you need to Again, be persistent with what you're doing. Get that winning streak up. Static wins. You need you need you need to be winning in style. Um, and again, a bit of appeal. Um, you can't be your 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 one dynamic, boring fighter and kind of expect to get picked up. Um, I was trying to complete the whole package. Be Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. Um, be an exciting fighter. I, I had fast hands. I could hit hard. I had a submission arsenal on me. So. I was just doing my work. I, I was I was doing nothing else other than doing my work, getting paid, going home and enjoying my life after a win, getting back in the gym, looking forward to keeping fit and eating healthy and getting back in there again. I I, enjoy, I enjoyed that whole journey, as I say, fight by fight, just taking the steps as it came. The UFC was, was one of them. It wasn't something that came up directly straight away. I had to fight with Jimmy Wallhead, which was a fantastic fight put me in the number one spot in the UK worldweight rankings and then I got a little bit of um, notification of it um, and then at the time I kind of I heard from a gym over in the States before I heard from the UFC but one thing led to another and they both came hand in hand um, and I then went on to move from the UK to a gym over in Florida the Black Zillions in Boca Raton um, I didn't leave the UK. My home's still here. I still have a home here. I still have a baby here. I still have a girl here. And I went back and forth and was doing my training camps out in Florida with, with the team. Um, and some of the best coaches in the world, from Henry Hoof, Greg Jones, Norman Lanson, George Santiago, I also realized that that was the place I needed to be. That was the next step, as I was number one in the UK. And I find it hard to, to get them training partners. And being out in the States and being around some of the biggest and the best in the world, from Anthony Johnson to Michael Johnson, um, we really did start to piece things together. And the UFC came and gave me a call. My record at the time was 11-1 and one professional. Like I say, I was out there training for six months, and six months in, there's a few videos of me hitting around in the gym with some of the big hitters and doing my thing. <laughs> and then before I knew it, yeah, I had that phone call. And when I got that phone call, believe it or not, I had the phone call at the same time as... I had the phone call, this, within the same hour, I had the phone call of my son being born in the hospital and getting a ticket to the UFC. So as you can imagine, from someone from a poor broke-ass background who never had nothing and scraping by and stuff like that, to all of a sudden get this call and, and then to get another call, yeah, I kind of fell off my chair, started rolling around on the floor and I didn't know how to control myself. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was one of the happiest moments in my life. Um, and still to this day, it, it's crazy what it does for me. I, I just think about that and it can instantly put a smile on my face. You've racked up um, several wins now. Uh, if memory serves me right, it's three wins so far, right? 
Two. Two wins. Well, may, maybe I'm uh, prophesying what's actually going to be happening this Saturday, but <laughs> two wins so far in the UFC. I mean, speaking of this Saturday, I have to say, Mike Perry is a, is a lovely chap, isn't he? He seems to be uh, hell-bent on uh, winning friends and influencing people through his uh, tweets and uh, his interviews, one of which, uh, a recent one which caught my eye. Um, he, he talks about doing all manner of things to you in the in the octagon how much of this is mike perry do you think selling the fight and how much of it is um well someone who has a deep-seated uh hatred for you um i wouldn't necessarily say mike has a deep deep-seated hatred for me i think he hates the world i think he's someone who is it isn't necessarily that all this trash talk that he does online and the bad things that he says to me and the number of bad things that he's going to want to intend to do to me in the cage um, is actually going to happen. But like I say, I, f I feel that I can see, I can, I can, I got my, my own eyes, you know what I mean? I can see that a lot of the things that he says is um, derogatory, kind of negative, uneducated, Oh my God! Like the the things, the kind of things that he said, yeah, they're, they're laughable. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, it isn't something that's going to bring me off my pedestal and change my mindset and the way that I'm going to move forward to what I do. Like I say, where I come from and everything that I've seen it before. We've I've witnessed it. We're sat in a hotel full of badasses right now. So there's nothing you can do or say that's going to make anyone think any different when we get in there in the octagon and that door shuts. It's it's the hands that we're putting down. No, not throwing words anymore. So. Nothing's going to change for me. It's just going to be another night and uh, another day in the office, as you say. So once you've finished the work in the office and your, your hand is raised, will your palm be outstretched to shake his or has he reached the point of no return? Because he has said some, well, how can I put it, uh, pretty derogatory things about you. Yeah, he's, he's literally, he's hit me with, with everything from every angle, this guy. Um, I... I haven't got no love for him, if I'm honest, I really haven't. It's the hardest thing we do, um, and it's, it's the hardest thing in the world that we do, um, with all the different aspects, the way we have to train ourselves physically and mentally. So anyone that's going through what I go through on a day-to-day -day basis, I've got nothing but the utmost respect for him. And as anyone knows, anyone knows me, like I said, I'm a good sportsman, I will show good sportsmanship. But again, I feel like this guy, Mike Perry, hates the world. He definitely, definitely hates me, because he knows he's got to face me on Saturday. Um, and I, I haven't got no time for someone like that guy. I really haven't. So, once the fight's over and done with, I, you know, I've got, I say I've got, I've got good, I'm, a, I'm a sportsman and I'll shake anyone's hand. But this guy ain't worth that. So for this one fight, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm, I can't. The things that he said, he's, he's got gone personal. He spoke about my family. They mean the world to me. You can't. We've seen it all before, and you can't do that. You can't say them things and think that I'm gonna shake your hand and have respect for you after this. this there's there's shows of respect to people. You you can trash talk, but be intelligent with it. Make someone look small. Make someone look silly. Make people laugh. But don't say derogative, negative things that just people look at you and just think, oh, my God, how unintelligent are you? And you're just, you're making yourself look bad. And that's that's what he's doing. I'm I'm not a part of that. He's doing it to himself, and he can carry on doing that. I've got a job to do. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to do what I need to do, and, and nothing's going to change. It hasn't. It hasn't riled me. It hasn't got underneath my skin. I've seen it. I've acknowledged it. I've fed off it. And that's the way it's going to be. I, I'm not going to do anything else apart from that. I'm not going to 
let it get me in such a state where I'm going to go sprinting across the cage at the guy or anything like that. A fight's a fight. And like I say, I'm going to fight my fight. So come fight night, we're going to see Hot Chocolate perform. Now, looking at the future, um, you've spoken a lot about your motivation. You've spoken a lot about your family. And it kind of like leads me to a question which I often ask mixed martial artists. Okay, what's the legacy that you're going to be working towards? Because at some point you're going to leave those UFC gloves in the octagon. You're going to, you know, basically leave fighting behind at some point. Obviously, and hopefully, it's going to be at your choosing. But there's going to come a time when you're going to leave fighting behind. What legacy are you working towards, if any? Right now, um, I've got a few things on the, on the table, and I'm trying. I'm, as I say, I've I've always been, or I like to think I'm an intelligent guy. So I'm 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 trying to look after myself right now and be smart with finances, and I'm already starting to go into into business and and do a few things outside of fighting. Um, like I say, just to secure a future um, with a few friends in Liverpool already. We've opened up a gym together. Um, and again, through through shares, and w- w- it's going to be something that in the future is going to pay dividends that will ultimately go to my son. Um, and he'll always, he'll always have something now that... Uh, uh, listen, I, w- I want to be everything that my dad wasn't. Um, I want to be able to give my kid the world and I will make sure 110% that them things are in place from now, from this day forward. He's won. I'm working hard in pursuit of everything that I want. Um, and I'm going to make sure that I leave my mark and my legacy um, through through different ways. Listen, I'm going to I'm gonna be one of the best fighters in the world. I'm going to show everyone as soon as I get up there in the top five, top one. I'm going to win that world, world title. We're going to be the second um, British champion. And then, like I say, around that, there's a few other things. Um, I, like to, I like to keep myself busy. Um, outside of outside of MMA and got my head in books and I'm I'm, I'm obviously I'm, I'm doing other things oh, I've started a couple of businesses and um, I'm looking to yeah to, once the fighting's done and I hang up them gloves there's gonna be a few things that I'm gonna be doing that ultimately are gonna gonna be able to look after me and the next generation down and a generation after that um, I wanna cement that place and like I say that legacy is important to me as well it's something. It's something that it's gonna it's gonna live on. Once I'm gone, I wanna I, I want I wanna be I wanna be remembered by my son and my grandchildren, and and so on. Do you know what I mean? It's something that it excites me to think what the possibilities are and what we're capable of as, as human beings if we put in a bit of hard work and what we, what we are literally capable of. And it's it, it is it is quite a special thing. Um, now for my son Clay, another thing is again that motivation that role model i want him to grow up to understand that if you want freedom if you want to be able to do the things that you want to be able to do in life you go and do it you can go and get it you don't need to fall into this social category of getting a job or just going and doing it i don't know something you don't you're not happy doing and you, you you don't you don't wish to be um ultimately i want him to make his own decisions and choices in life, understand that his freedom is his and that it, happiness is the key. Um, however that should come and however he should find it, I will support him and I will give him everything. And and my other kids that will come as well, obviously, um, to a big future and 
for us all to be happy and, and, and to live that life. And like I say, obviously, once I'm gone, they're going to remember it. They're going to pass it on to their kids and their kids after that. And it's going to be quite a big legacy because I'll make sure that it will be stamped and it will be in place. You know, speaking of the future, I was intrigued to see that you were kind of like aligned with the So Solid brand, in particular Mega Man's brand, which was Cheats and Thieves. Um, is that like a joint venture which you'd see yourself getting involved with, um, if not now, in the future, you know? Yeah, Cheats and Thieves was um, Mega Man from So Solid. Uh, we spoke a few times and he's a cool guy, man. Um, I was I was a big fan of So Solid Crew, 21 seconds when I was younger. Um, I used to be standing in front of the TV, one of the big, big box TVs with the big backs. Um, I used to be stood in front of one of them shocking out <laughs> the 21 seconds, spitting out every single bar that I knew. Um, and yeah, like I say, me, me and Mega Man have spoke a few times. Um, he's going to come up to the fight on Saturday. He's going to bring up a few of the boys as well. We're going to have a laugh. Um, after we get that win and we get a hand raise, we'll have a little drink and have a little speak and uh, talk about the future. But again, clothing, um, that's, that's, that's something that I'm looking to go into and bring out my own, own line and stuff like that. Um, and obviously we've, we've done a little collaboration together and Cheats and Thieves, they're a big brand. They're, they're, they're doing well. Um, Mega Man knows what he's doing. He's a smart intellectual guy as well. Um, and they're doing good things. They're making a mark down, down south and in London and all over the UK. And yeah, they've got, they, they've got that market right right now. So I'm, I'm kind of looking to, Work alongside them, get, in, get into Mega Man, speak to, speak to the guy a little bit, understand the intelligence. That's the other thing. You need to surround yourself with good people as well. Surround yourself with them good people, learn off them good people, and then become what you need to become and understand that you have the power to do anything as long as you're switched on and you have your eyes and ears open. Um, and like I say, surround yourself with that good energy and the right people as well. That is key. Well, on that note, as we literally have 21 seconds to go before the end of this podcast, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on. You know, it's inspirational to hear your story. It's inspirational from so many fronts that, you know, you can actually turn adversity into something quite positive. And it's been such a pleasure to hear your journey and to hear your story. Thank you, Danny. Thank you very much, Mike. Nice one. Yo, old beast. This one is special. We got World TV. You know how we do. This year's our year. World TV's year. Ain't no other TV like World. Can you hear me? I know, I know, I know, I know. These fascios, they gotta go. They're spitting bars. Slidey though. Face to face, they never try me though. World TV, that's where you'll find me, bro. With a couple of sick man behind me though. Ready to pop up the slightest though. I know my man are excited so. Come then follow my lead, I'll let you know right now Blood, I'll speed, you think you're gonna pass me? I'll let you know right now you won't succeed Not why it's here that we breathe I'll always have a next up one up my sleeve Return with a hot one that you can't read To make me bigger bars you'll need I just slam but now you wanna leave Cause I'm sick, I make you wanna heave I'm too much, it's like you can't breathe Cause I done shit that you can't believe No begging, I don't wanna hear my plead You touch my set, it's a done deed No say that I'm gonna feed Clap it up, on this thing indeed I know, I know, I know, I know These fascios, they got a they're spitting bars, slightly though Face to face, they never try me though World TV, that's where you'll find me bro With a couple of the sick man behind me though Ready to pop up the slightest though I know my man are excited so First and foremost, 
You're not a bad man loud trying to boast All this war thing you don't wanna host Cause I got a worse attempt at the most And I rep for the coast E14 post Come there and you're leaving as a ghost I'm lyrically gross Gonna be big less toast Whoever don't get dosed I don't burn I roast I go deeper than most No other boys come close Them boys struggle while I easily coast Living for living come better than most If you don't wanna get home don't come close Cause I punch man up till I fool no post I know the reason why you don't come close Cause my man got the ting in a day I know, I know, I know, I know These fascios they gotta go They're spitting bars Slidey though, face to face they never try me though Whoa TV, that's all your family bro With a couple of sick man behind me though Ready to pop up the slightest though I know my man are excited so I don't care if you're bad and you're done tag You get sent to the cleaners one tag Oh done your soccer with one rhyme switch Hit him with the fuckest punchline And fuck what you heard through the grapevine Money, now I'm gonna make mine And you're an ass if you think you're gonna take mine Cause that's when I switch to the eight mine And start letting off blows with the eight can And your face they get fucked no it eight mine So mind what you say boy take time Furthermore don't even waste time Cause them dibby bars can't face mine They're moving away, come chase mine I know it's hard, they're moving the pace mine Them bars, they can't disgrace mine I know, I know, I know, I know These fascios, they gotta go They're spitting bars, slightly low Face to face, they never try me though Whoa TV, that's all your family bro With a couple of sick man behind me though Ready to pop up the slightest though I know my man are excited so